Hello from Brooklyn, I'm Brendan Hart, and welcome to Super Cities, a no BS deep dive conversation about the people and trends moving cities forward. All views expressed are my own and do not reflect our sponsors or partners. Let's get into it. On this episode of Super Cities, we do a deep dive with Andre de Almeida, professor of international affairs at Columbia University and the author of the book, Smarter New York City. We cover the process of writing a book on city agency innovation, building a data market from the bottom up, and Andre's work with New Lab on circular data. Andre has worked around the world and brings a unique perspective to urban innovation. Let's hear from Andre. So let's let's get into into the genesis of the book, Smarter New York City. How did the uh, how did the concept take form? What was the process like? And can you briefly outline the book structure? Sure. So it's an interesting story, actually. So the idea of the book started in 2000 and, uh, 2015. So I was in a conference in Santa Clara. A gentleman, I, you know, a smart city conference. Uh, and I, as I was looking for a table to place my lunch, like, um, I approached what well, this is one of those standing lunches and uh, i approached a table there was two gentlemen and as i was approaching it the two gentlemen reacted very defensively we are not smart yet so this this was like two two representatives of two mid-sized towns of midwest and this idea of, of this embarrassment to embrace a conversation around innovation and a, a conversation about smart cities in a smart city conference really bothered me and made me ask, why are these city officials so embarrassed to, to talk about innovation? And then, of course, I tried to be cool and, and, and replied, well, you may not be as smart as you, as you would like to be, but I'm sure there's a lot of, a, a lot of innovation and a lot of a cool stuff happening in your uh, city administration. So this was like the walk me up to the, the, the challenges that language pose and the difficulties that the concept of smart is creating when it suggests that innovation is only about tech and data, because this was their problem. The problem with these two gentlemen representing two cities is that innovation equated tech and data only. And that meant that if we talk about innovation, you wouldn't have to have the next $5 million or $10 million to do you know, anything. So the, the, the first idea was that we need to understand the innovation drivers that already exist in cities, even before we think about tech and data, you know, leadership, talent, organizational structure, regulatory body that already exists in any city, regardless of any tech and data available. So then the question was, I mean, why is this lack of understanding of these, all these innovation drivers? And, and then the second story is it happens in New York. And I was very close to Minerva Tantoku, the first CTO in New York. We now back in summer of 2015. And uh, one of our one of my students spent three months mapping initiatives, cool, you know, tech, data, you know, forward thinking and cutting edge initiatives sprawling across multiple New York City agencies. And in September, when he made the presentation to the city administration, it was amazing how little leadership knows about what's going on across their administrations. So that's really, you know, this is the second piece of, of, of the puzzle. So first, we realize that city administrations don't have, have a, a fear of innovation, right? That was illustrated by the reaction of these two first gentlemen. 
And then through the second story, we realize why is that the case? Because it's a deep lack of knowledge about what's happening across city administrations. So that was what motivated the, the effort to document and study and share stories of innovation coming from within city administrations. And I brought on board now about the process. I brought on board scholars from Harvard, Cornell Tech, NYU, you know, seven other universities in total. We were 27 scholars uh, uh, on a, in, a, in a citywide uh, uh, research consortium to study uh, uh, systems we have in common, to study how city, uh, New York City administration is, is uh, different agencies. We covered more than 30 agencies have been trying to innovate systems you know, across three different administrations. Sounds long, but this is a short no, version. It's, Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's actually uh, several things you said are, are, are very interesting to me. One is this idea that language matters. Mm-hmm. H- how we talk about innovation really matters. And I would contend that, uh, that, that generally the ecosystem doesn't use language to its advantage. We, we sort of use terms that, that are often scary or intimidating. Yes. Moreover, when the overwhelming majority of the cities around the world are technically bankrupt. So the right. question is, how do you inspire, how do you help mayors around the world facing incredible urban pressure? How do you inspire them? How do you encourage them to build innovation, innovation platforms, right? the innovation agendas? If the next thing they hear is where do I have or where do you have $5 million or $10 million to do anything, you know, you, you lose them. Right. And so if we, if we think about innovation as a process rather than, than an outcome, then the process seemingly should start with, with what currently exists, right? How do we improve upon that? How do we optimize the system as it currently exists yep. before we get to any degree of, of additional resources or overhead? Is that right? Absolutely. And so one of the, one of the tools that the, that the book offers is precisely a methodology to map innovation. And what that means, and I'm, I'm glad you talked about the, the innovation process, because that's exactly what the book does. The book does not really evaluate the, the different programs that we studied. The point was not to determine whether it was successful or was, whether it was not successful. I mean, there are elements of <clears throat> assessment in all chapters, but the point was precisely to describe the effort to innovate, the process, the trial and error, the different dynamics involved. And we specifically focus on leadership and decision-making, networks and collaboration that are part of the process, organizational structure, the regulatory body, and certainly technology and data as well, of course. And the, 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 through the different methods we use, it's fascinating to see how these different innovation drivers play differently throughout the four stages that we consider. The, the problem definition, I mean, how did the specific city agencies identify the problem? For example, NYPD had a problem. NYPD wanted to have street patrols react much more quickly to uh, shotgun accidents. And so they came up with the methodology of uh, identifying the sound of a shotgun in real time. It's actually a, a, a system that was created in California, a shot spotter system. But all these uh, innovations and programs are studied from this perspective of this cycle of problem definition, 
I was then the design of the prototype of the intervention thought of. I was it implemented. And finally, elements of assessment, even though, as mentioned, that was not the critical aspect of the, of, of the ch- uh, chapter. Interesting. And for, for the book to come together in, in, in the way that you wanted it to, how important was it for you and, and your team to have open and, and ready access to these city agencies? Did it have to be a collaborative effort between your team and these agencies um, so that you're not just assessing from the outside? Absolutely. Critical, critical. I mean, we, have, we had more than around 100 city officials uh, and city representatives at all levels, mayor level, uh, commissioner level, heads of departments and staff involved in, the, in this research. So it was very applied research. That's actually the, the type of research that I conduct. And before any chapter was uh, considered finalized, we had roundtables with expert, field experts and, and, and city representatives being part of a typically groups of roundtables of 15 to 20 people to precisely to help the authors finalize and, and, and challenge uh, authors' conclusions or insights. So it was very participatory. And was there was there any reticence on behalf of agency leaders to 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 collaborate in this way to to sort of let your team see behind the curtain of of how an agency and by extension how a city approaches problems of innovation? It was an incredible, surprising, surprising uh, experience. Leadership wanted their stories to be told, and and we were very clear from the from the beginning that we were not advocating on any speci- on any direction. We wanted to study how things get done. We wanted to document the efforts. And that's why New York City is particularly interesting to study because uh, there's um, New York is a very friendly environment for innovation. So, and once again, once again, the city leadership showing that innovation is also happening from within city agencies because you, to your point, one could argue, oh my goodness, they don't want to. They will not let you study that. They, 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 because there's nothing happening, or in the city agencies, or, or, or they fear, you know, whatever. No, again and again, of course, with always with with the concerns with the issues of privacy regarding the data and regarding some sensitive information. But the general attitude was always help us share the stories uh, of innovation uh, that we have in house, and and and. Uh, and then um, that are not covered. And then when, when, when we look into the literature coming from the private side, typically, uh, you know, as we all know, there's a very long tradition of studies, mostly fed by the MBA movement starting in the 60s, uh, of, of research and literature in the private sector, uh, where, you know, where all, all beautiful things happen, such as incredible leadership skills and, and the propensity for innovation and change and et cetera. Like the literature is packed with extensive coverage of innovation having the, in the private sector, private sector. But when you look at the literature, mainstream literature and the public sector, it's mostly about lack of capacity, corruption, slowness, lack of talent. You know, there's a huge right. literature bias actually. And that's one of the arguments in the book, a huge literature uh, negatively biased towards the public administration research. And, and that, so again, a contribution to bring both 
levels to both fields to the same plane level. And it's an it's an inter, it's a it's such an important point and and one of my top line takeaways from doing this podcast is is there's also a narrative deficit. City agencies, the public sector doesn't do a great job of promoting itself, right? And all of the actual good work that's happening to enable the private sector to to innovate in more creative ways locally. And so this seems like a great opportunity to really tell the best parts of the innovation story in New York City. Uh, one of the negative consequences of that lack of um, narratives is that is is the capacity to attract or, or the lack of capacity to attract talent right you know these days new generations are incredibly motivated to uh you know start their own endeavors to make a change and if you don't create or if you don't communicate well how uh, exciting and vibrant public units and departments and and labs are it makes it much more difficult to attract talent. And that's why I think that, once again, New York is a very good example of what's been done since the crisis and the New York efforts to diversify the economy and the, the in, very large number of labs and incubators. I, I work closely with New Lab, for example, I was at the Brooklyn. It's incredible uh, and very inspiring how much those spaces have been attracting talent. So without those narratives, it's much more difficult to attract talent. It's a, it's a it's a good point. So so one theme that comes up in your research and and throughout this this book and and your ongoing work is this idea of circular city data. What is that? How, how do you define that? And can you give us some examples of how this concept materializes in in, in cities and around urban innovation? Sure. So so the idea of circular circular. City data started with um, New Lab and NYC EDC asking me to uh, apply to city level concepts of circular economy, and we are more or less familiar with the what the concept of circular economy, concept uh, the idea of recycling materials, reusing materials, and mostly applied to the physical world. So for one year, I uh, ten months, I worked with um, a team from Cornell Tech from NYU with the golf lab team from NYU and the team from Plum University Earth Institute, to imagine how could we create a data marketplace, a market for data, beyond the monetization uh, narratives. And this means what? This means bringing together startups, and we started with three startups from How's That New Lab, and city agencies working in three specific types of problems, uh, resilience, mobility, and economic growth. So how could we imagine, how could we build a, a system where uh, startups share data with city agencies, uh, data that otherwise city agencies would not have access to or would not have the resources to purchase specific data sets? How can startups benefit from data from city agencies? Of course, startups live out of the, 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 the data sets to build their algorithms and to build their programs. And so how can uh, we build this um, data pool platform where data could be reused, data could be, could be shared around a specific set of uh, stakeholders uh, working on uh, specific problems? Um, uh, you know, the three problems that I mentioned. In the case of mobility, 
we we focus on issues uh, on the the Vision Zero program, which aims at uh, reducing to zero mortality on the streets. Uh, in the resilience piece, we worked on uh, waste collection and uh, economic growth. We worked on issues of expanding general general um, uh, economic development in, in New York City. I mentioned the aspect of being outside of the monetization narratives because the monetization narratives are not, again, are not using, are not helping mayors. We were talking about language. So another example of how language is not using, is not helping. Monetization, mayors have been criticized for monetizing uh, data that is uh, data that's not theirs. <laughs> But they also been criticized by others who say that, that uh, mayors should be monetizing more data to create new income streams. So, so now mayors are in these um, are I know facing this challenge of being criticized both for monetizing and not monetizing. You're right. Uh, and then in addition, in addition, the regulatory framework is making very difficult. For, for cities to embrace technology development because of the slowness of the of the of the regulatory um, uh, body and the, the, the all different hurdles that are imposed on uh, city agencies. So, just several ideas of why, several reasons why uh, we believe that the abundance of data so is such um, that if we want to make a smarter use of it, we need to create new ways of sharing and reusing uh, that, that data. If data is the is the is the oil of twenty first century, one of the things that I argued earlier this week in San Diego in the Smart City Conference is that we have an historical opportunity to finally make it oil for all. It's it's a great point. Let me just ask a, a clarifying question about the focus of the circular city data effort. Uh, you mentioned mobility. You mentioned sustainability. Were these uh, focuses chosen because they were high priority or because they were data rich? The priority. So so when uh, there was a strategic already strategic decision, the strategic goal, when I was the first, first approached by New Lab and EDC to work on these three specific themes because they are strategic uh, for New York. Okay. And, and so was there any challenge uh, surfacing, capturing, organizing the appropriate data for these, um, these three priorities? Multiple challenges. So this was the first year we just ended. The public showcase was in March. So we just ended the first year of the project. And it was mostly around the idea of uh, testing the hypothesis of whether there's value in creating a circular a city data platform. So we are not building it yet, uh, the, the actual technological platform. We want to first to test whether there's, there's value. So the first, the first difficulty was to convince, bring together a very wide diversity of stakeholders. So we had, you know, we had three startups, we had multiple agencies, we had um, corporate partners funding the program. We had three different universities, and then we had uh, ADC and so uh, uh, the Downtown Broken Partnership, New Lab, ARCEX, which is a research body um, overseeing these initiatives. So we had, we had a very large group of um, stakeholders. So that's the first difficulty because you need to bring all of them under uh, a sort of a shared purpose of w- what you're trying to do. And uh, I know it's not rocket science, but uh, to mention that it's difficult to bring parties together but that was the first challenge. <laughs> it's hard, <laughs> I, it, right? This is this is one of the 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 main challenges around 
concepts of of public innovation. Yeah. The idea that there's just at some level there there may be whether it's real or perceived divergent interests. Absolutely. Right. And so aligning aligning in, uh, interest and aligning its uh, incentives is a critical part of the entire process. Is it not? Uh, absolutely. But then the, the the good news now the good news is that in the long run pays off, and uh, and then we stick together. Uh, and then there was, you know, other types of challenges. We had to study carefully, study the data structure of each of each startup. We had to study the data needs from the agency side. We had basically to to create a new market bottom up, and th- that and interesting without a currency, because typically markets are built around uh, a, a, an exchange mechanism that is a very clear, tangible, material exchange mechanism, which is currency, right? Uh, we're trying right. to do something a little bit more creative, which is created a, a market marketplace where the exchange, this is interesting, where the exchange mechanism is reciprocity, uh, uh, which mm-hmm. is a, a much less tangible. <laughs> uh, the, the idea of, pub, of public good. Exactly. Right, of reciprocity in, in, in the public interest. In, in, the, in the public interest, in the public and in the private interest, in the public and in the private right. interest. That's the, that's the interesting thing here. So, so I share data. I'm willing to share data because I will get data from you or I will get business insights from you. The design of a proper incentive system to bring all parties together, I argue it's even more critical than when currency is the, is the exchange mechanism. You know, when you you purchase something, you get what you want, you you pay what you want, and the transaction is completed. Uh, reciprocity requires give and take on an ongoing basis. But the good news is that these these organizations are 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 solid and are here to stay, and the problems will not disappear overnight. Um, so now we are working in the preparing the second year of the, of the project to actually build the mechanism the platform, the, the protocol to allow these exchanges. And if you talk about challenges, ethics is another key challenge. You know, we, we uh, not only for us, but it's a growing, there are, you know, a, a vast number of conversations happening around the data privacy, data security, uh, and data, uh, data ethics, the whole issue of uh, bias AI, because, this platform will have a series of AI capabilities that will allow each partner to make sense of the data pool that exists, right? So, but regardless of the, of the, of the difficulties, it's, it's been an incredible experience and everyone is really committed to, to try something new. That's great. So, so you, so you confirmed some of your year one hypotheses. You are now entering into, into year two and beyond. The build phase, yeah. The build phase. And so where you are today, what does a successful circular city data platform look like? Who, who's able to access it? What's, what's the, the top line value proposition for creating this, this type of marketplace? Yeah, so let me use a comparison. So let's, let's, let's start with a concept that people know well, the concept of open data. So the concept of open data uh, was created under the assumption that data suppliers uh, uh, organized data into some, so in some fashion way, and they uh, made it available 
and under the assumption that they will come. So it's at the principle that built built it and they will come, right? You know, you just share the data and then, you know, uh, people will naturally, stakeholders, actors, agents will naturally open, use that data. Well, it did not work that well. It, that, that hasn't been working as, as, as expected. Um, and, and the argument is that you need to have a much more strategic engagement of parties around specific problems. So what, what we do in the circular city data is that it's not open. Uh, it's not open data till designing it. So it's um, data for a series of stakeholders engaged in specific problems that come together to work around that problem. So in the case of um, in the specific, the specific uh, prototype, we had three startups and six different city agencies uh, together working on this on this a piece of of the, of the problem. So in a, in a in a in a new world, uh, we would have uh, more organizations working on problems that bring them together. You know, we started with mobility, resilience, and economic growth, but we could have you know security. We could have um, um, air quality. We could have energy. We could different types of um, uh, problems together. So. So one one difference, an important difference regarding compared with open data, is that the the circular city has more a strategic insights part of it. You know, you 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 bring on board actors that are working and can offer a contribution to certain problems. Oh, and you asked about success. So 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 a measure of success would be, uh, you know, how much uh, uh, startups uh, develop their businesses. Uh, how much city agencies save in data purchase? How much um, uh, how, how better public services become with access of new data sets that otherwise they would they would not have access. On the academia side, uh, a measure of success is you know the number of the number of papers published, the, the number of uh, uh, new uh, uh, knowledge insights created. So the, the case study uh, there's a there's a I didn't mention that, but we, as, as a result of this first year, we created the, we founded the Circular City Journal. <clears throat> so there's a there's a, a freely available journal on, online, <clears throat> and I'll share the link with you and with your with your audience, where everyone can have access to the research that was produced. That's great. It's housed at the New Lab website. It's the it's so it's a it's a new academic journal called the Circular City Circular City <laughs> Journal. That's that's wonderful to hear, and, and I, I do have to say I, I really appreciate the sort of driving force behind what you're describing is is a is a true platform, right? That that is that is um, dependent on on engagement from from various stakeholders. That's uh, there's there's a sort of business model behind that, uh, which is which is excellent. Um, unlike some businesses and startups that use the term platform uh, when they actually mean business or, or some other functional model. This is, this is really a platform that is, that is bringing together an increasing engagement among a variety of stakeholders. That's, uh, that's really powerful. Exactly. And, it's, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Thank you. It, it, it's, it's much more than a network. So it was very clear for all of us that 
we did not want to create another, you know, network where people come together and discuss these and that. And, and then at the end of the day, you know, there's very little tangible, right? Right. So we, we, there was this collective commitment that we need to, we need to build an actual platform that will make, that will make the system smarter and that will help us use data in a smarter way. So that's the commitment. The, the, the goal was not to, the ultimate goal is not to produce papers. Right. The ultimate goal is not to organize, to bring us together around meetings or the ultimate goal is to build a mechanism that makes the system smarter, you know, and to kind of, uh, bringing us to the beginning of our conversation that allows as an illustration of how cities can build based on what exists. So there's, uh, there's very little new here. I mean, the startups are in place. Uh, the, 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 the stakeholders are already here. The data that the stakeholders have is the data that they have. The data needs are the data that he needs. So, and we are not yet talking about, you know, investing any type of special amounts of money uh, as an illustration of what building on what exists means. It's a great concept. I really look forward to, to watching this as it grows. Let's talk briefly here about the upcoming Smart Cities New York conference that I, I, I know you're involved in. I know you, you'll, you'll participate in. Uh, it's May 13, 14, 15 in New York City. Uh, I attended last year. It's excellent. There's there are guests and and attendees from around the world. Really, a a concentration of 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 talent around smart cities, connected cities. Talk to me a little bit about the the, the power of of getting everyone together in, in creating collaborative opportunities? Well, that's actually the motto. The motto is powered by people. It's the motto of the event. It's the third edition. It's an invention by Jerry Holton, the author of the visionary epilogue of the book, actually, that I was very fortunate to meet uh, five years ago in Doha, Qatar. So it's another, again, another, another invention coming from Jerry. And Jerry's great. He's been a, he's been a guest on this, uh, on this podcast. He's, he's, a, he's a wonderful guy. My goodness. What a, you're incredible. So uh, this is, if I'm not mistaken, the largest smart city event in the world currently after Barcelona. Wow. Uh, that happens in the fall. And, uh, and it's a great, it's a great, uh, obviously it's an incredible it's an incredible platform uh, to not only bring incredible minds together, as it happened in, in other events, certainly. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm familiar with other smart cities events around the world and no other, even compared with Barcelona, no other has a caliber of, of participants in New York, the New York event has in terms of uh, seniority, uh, uh, seniority at both public level and and um, and private level, it's incredible the, the the generosity of everyone involved to be able to come for two three days and and share their experience uh, with the world. And then the, the 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 unique aspect of being in New York, even though some may argue that New York has incredible amounts of money to you know to invest in smart city initiatives and technology and innovation and and programs. One of the things that the book does, and just to come back to the book just once again. For, for a few seconds, one of the things that the book does is it precisely show that even for a city with seemingly endless amount of resources, there's so much that is happening building on what exists and, you know, through exercise of, you know, innovation mapping and uh, internal understanding of what the city administration looks like. 
So the 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 smart city event this year will have a, the first day Monday will will be mostly spent on in Cornell Tech, uh, a partnership with Cornell Tech for a series of a series of workshops. It has been a tradition of the Smart Cities New York event to have the first day dedicated to theme specific, uh, very hands on, uh, participated workshops, and then Tuesday and Wednesday more for the the large discussions and um, happening in Pier Pier Thirty Six uh, on the on the on the east side. So I really look forward. It's a uh, it's a. Uh, I, I I like to look at it as the uh, a space where conversations begin. We've been able to initiate incredible conversations that then continue throughout the year. It's the power of being in the same place with with smart and accomplished people at the same time. It's um, when it works, it really works, which is uh, which is powerful. You you one need one needs. I think my advice is that you 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 need to have a sense of. Uh, what you're trying to achieve, a sense of what you're looking for is important because these events can be like overwhelming in terms of the number of opportunities. Yeah. And if you're not, you could just, you could, there's so much going on that you could at the end of three days feel like you, you were exposed to uh, many things, but, but uh, don't have tangible outcomes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, this this has been a wonderful conversation. Really, really interesting. Uh, wh- where can uh, listeners find you online? Follow your research and, and keep up to date. Uh, well, uh, I'm Andre Correa Almeida. I'm at, at Columbia University. The the Smart New York City book is also available on Amazon, and 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 through that we can always also connect. Um, uh, Andre said Almeida, it's my Twitter. Um, it's, um, I'm, I'm out there. <laughs> You're out there. You are. Uh, I'm I, out there. <laughs> and I love to connect with people. So please feel free to email me. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I used to say, I'm a great follow upper. Your, your friends and audience should email me and we can continue the conversation in multiple different, multiple different forums. I even created my Instagram account finally a few months ago. Can you imagine? Congratulations. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a big, that's a big deal. <laughs> um, so how's um, it going so far? It, 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 I only work, I only use it for work. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm, 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 I'm not, I was never, you know, um, I don't measure success by the number of followers, call it that way. Uh, yeah. But it's, been, that's it, revolutionary it's, of you. <laughs> it's revolutionary in itself, right? <laughs> But I think I think uh, within the context of this conversation, uh, the the Smart New York City uh, uh, book and, and, and Amazon it's it's a good starting point for to connect with other with other other persons interested. I'm, I'm, I have a similar initiative in Portugal. There, I'm, I'm working with four cities in Portugal, and I'm expanding my own country, by the way, and I'm expanding the initiative to China as well. Uh, in a in a in a specific region uh, that I also used to live, the Pearl River Delta region. So this is quickly becoming a global effort to understand innovation from within city administration, and and how can the private sector um, learn from those experiences? Because ultimately, this is not only to encourage uh, local governments to be innovative and innovate; it's also to uh, to offer a contribution to the private sector. Uh, regarding how to uh, connect and and do more business with cities, basically. 
it's a great point to end. Uh, Andre, thank you so much for joining us on Super Cities. Likewise. Thank you very much. Have a, have a good day and good weekend to everyone. That does it for this episode of Super Cities. Before we go, some real talk. Cities feel broken, too expensive, too crowded, too chaotic. So we created Super Cities to elevate the people and trends moving cities forward. This movement is just getting started. So please rate, review, and subscribe to Super Cities and tag us using hashtag Super Cities. Your support really helps and I'm thankful for it. This is Brendan Hart and Super Cities signing off for now.